0: Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's our special guest minister with today's message.
1: so glad you're here. You had to want to be here to get here tonight. It's just so dark outside and it's raining and and it's raining hard. And, and so thank you for coming tonight. I know you didn't know I was going to be here, but I'm sure glad to be here. And I brought my beautiful wife. We've been married 54 years. I know you don't hardly believe that we're that old, but, yeah. but we are getting older for sure. Just had another birthday and they keep coming by and by, but it's all good. It's just better than the alternative. <laughs> well, we're just so glad to be here. I just want to pray over the service. Father, I just thank you right now that for the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and Father, a heart to understand. Thank you, Lord God, for touching each of us with a word, a word that's needed for our now. And I thank you and praise you and honor you that we all get home safely tonight, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. You know, uh, I always like to start some, uh, ser- our services when I'm ministering, whether it's at home or whether I'm, I'm a farm at another church or a mission field. I always ch- like to share a funny uh, one of our teenagers gave me this quite a few years ago and, and I found it in my, uh, my briefcase today and, and I said, well, this would be a good one this year tonight. It says, the preacher took the mower and began to crank it and pulled the rope a few times with no response from the mower. This young boy was fixing to trade his bike for his mower. The preacher called the little boy over and said, I can't get the mower to start. The little boy said, that's because you have to cuss at it to get it to start. The preacher said, I can't cuss. It's been so long since I became a Christian that I don't even remember how to cuss. The little boy looked at him happily and said, you just keep on pulling that rope. You'll learn how to do it again. I figured that'd make you laugh. You know, uh, we just got back from and Branch is one of the favorite places to go, and Pigeon Forge, and I love the mountains, and, and uh, we brought our staff up there at the beginning of the year, actually, right after Christmas, and to start the new year. And so we could come together and worship together, and we could pray together, and we did that for three days, and, and then could just talk about ministry, and talk about changes, and things that needed to stay the same, things that need to change. And one of the things the Lord began to deal with me about before we went was what this was all about. He spoke these three words to me and words that I've spoke many times to other ministers and minister conferences, vision, mission, and culture. The word vision literally means this. It's the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination and wisdom. Think about that. The vision, God's got a vision on the inside of us, no matter what age we are, no matter where we're in the, the, the sphere of our walk with the Lord, and, it, and may it be business, may it be Christianity, it makes no difference. God has a vision. He's not finished with you until you're finished, until you start just say no. As long as you say yes to Him, the vision of God continues on. And God wants us to see that vision is what? It's the ability to think about or plan the future. God has a future for us, a plan for us, a purpose for us. You know, it seems like lately, I don't know if everybody's seeing me getting older and older, that, but they keep saying to me that listen, don't you quit, don't you give up, don't you give in, don't you give out, that you keep on going, you keep on doing what you've been doing all these years. And I told him, I said, you know what, as long as I'm holding on to the vision, God's plan for me, I will know I'll stay in the right lane, do the right thing, and enjoy life to the full. Amen. And then the next thing here is mission. Mission, by definition, is an important assignment. You know, God put us here for a special reason, special cause. Give us friends, give us family, give us jobs, gives us uh, just a community, and and for that purpose, what is it? Mission is an important assignment. It goes on to say, mission creates movement. By definition, mission has been created for you, for what? To keep you moving forward, and not back up, not give up, and certainly not to give out. Mission also is this, and I love this part, it's a strongly felt calling. People think that you know, pastors are the only ones that's got a calling, or a prophet. Either they're the only ones that's got a calling, or an apostle, evangelist, a teacher. The reality is every one of us have a holy calling. God's put something on the inside of us, his, his spirit especially, and so that we would be able to fulfill that calling, be where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there, doing what he's called us to do, to accomplish it in the power of his strength, his might. His wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding. And so then this third word is culture. Culture is defined as this, values and practices and beliefs. Everyone here has values, things that are important to you. There's practices, things that you do on a daily basis, weekly basis, and even a yearly basis. But also this beliefs, things that you believe, you've been believing them for a long time. You've been believing them ever since you said yes to Christ. You've been, you've been holding fast to those things. Even when other people let go, you continue to believe God and believe in God and for the things of the Lord concerning your life. And so every one of us, no matter at what age, no matter where we are in the focus of our ministry or ministers, that what we need to see that God's got a vision for us, God's got a mission for us, an important assignment. And this what keeps us going forward. Mission moves us forward, our culture. Culture is what? Values, practices, and beliefs. I don't know about you but I've been doing the same thing for 42 years, I've been married to the same lady for 54 years. We've been in the same home for, I'm not telling you how long there. I don't move around very much, and I don't change very much. But you know what? I hold fast to vision. I hold fast to the mission that he's called me to. And I desire for the culture just to get bigger and better. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so I began to remember when the Lord called me to the ministry. I, I, I went out to my a shop in the backyard, and I laid on the dirt floor and I just asked God to speak to me. I wasn't starting a church, wasn't even thinking about pastoring. Listen, I never even read a book before that time. We didn't even have a Bible. And a dear lady prophetically came to my house, an older lady, and and she said, the Lord sent me here to give you a Bible. And so the next day after I, I confessed Jesus as my savior, this lady showed up at my door that morning and with the Bible in her hand it was three series of, of audio tapes. And here I was fixing to start learning about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and guess what? I'm still holding fast to that vision, to that mission and that culture. Amen. I'm still doing the same thing that we did then. But when we, when I went out there, the Lord spoke to me this, this is what he said to me. He didn't say, I love you. He didn't say, I've I've let my son die in your place for your sins. But what he said that day, that already had happened. And what he said that day was what was fixing to happen and change my life forever. This is what he said. He said, you will be a people because my, my people, God's people, every one of you, the people down the street, whether they be Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Presbyterian, Pentecostal. It makes no difference. Every one of us that are God's people, that they're the same thing. And this is what he said. You will be a people. God's people are a people of praise, love, and joy. Let me ask you for a show of hands. How many of you like worship? You like praise. You like to worship God. You, like, you whistle songs that you learn in, in this church. And in, in, uh, you, you listen to... Uh, probably uh, country in western or maybe some other but you always hold fast to those worship songs to those praise songs and that's so special that's so powerful God spoke that that day that you are a people of praise you're my people and my people is a people of praise and then he said this my people is a people of love God's people is a people of love why because we belong to God And God is love. Amen? Amen. And so we are a people of love. But then he said this. He said, you'll be a people of joy. I knew the Lord was saying something that was not just about me, but was about every Christian, about every son and every daughter that belonged to the Lord. That he was saying that, listen, my sons, they're people of praise, love, and joy. My daughters, they're people of praise, love, and joy. He was was literally casting vision, helping me to see what he could see, helping me to hear what he was saying, helping me to get up and get with it and get on the program, on the mission that he had for me and fulfill the calling. In Habakkuk chapter two, in fact, Habakkuk chapter one in verse five, I'm going to move a little fast because I want to read several scriptures but they'll say the same thing. We are a people of praise. We are a people of love. And we are a people of joy. In Habakkuk chapter 1, in verse 5, it says, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days. God's worked a work in my days. In October 1978, the Lord met me. And listen, and I didn't I wasn't looking for him, but he was looking for me. And I, when I called upon his name, I didn't even know the right words to say. I didn't know if, I, I just said, God, I don't even know if you're real, but if you are, I need you to come in my life and change me. I didn't know salvation. I didn't know redemption. I didn't know anything about those things. I never heard them. I never went to a church. I never heard a pastor. But here in that moment, I heard the voice of the Lord speak on the inside of me that I love you. I love you. I love you. And then all of a sudden, I heard this scripture. I never heard it before. I'm sure I heard it somewhere down the line. But I didn't remember where I heard it. John 3, 16, for God so loved you. That's all I needed right then. I knew that he loved me. I broke down. I was trying to leave my wife. I was living the worldly way. And then all of a sudden, that love turned in not only just from God to me, but from me to God. And then that love turned towards Belinda and then turned towards my two sons I fell in love with my wife, fell in love with my world, fell in love with my children, and fell in love with my God. This is what it says here. I will work a work in your days, which we will not believe, though it be told you. If somebody had told me that before that day, hey, I'd have never believed it. But you know what? God's got a work. He wants to work in every one of us. He's got a mission for us. In chapter 2, it says, I will stand upon, verse 1, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. You know, I want God to correct me. I want to do what's right. And so I want God's reproof. I want God's correction in my life. And the, the prophet said here, he said, I want to hear the voice of the Lord. And I'm going, to get, I'm going to position myself where I can hear the voice of the Lord. And then he says this, and the Lord answered me. How many of you heard the voice of the Lord on the inside of you? When you read your Bible, you heard the Holy Spirit speaking to you. When you heard a, a pastor preaching the gospel and that word got on the inside of you. He says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables and that he may run that readeth it for the visions for yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak. It shall not lie. Though it tarry he said, it looks like it's going to take forever for God to do this. But guess what? He will do it. Yes. Amen? Amen. Though he tarry, wait for it because it shall surely come. It, it, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. This is a word of faith, church. We're a people of faith. Amen? We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've heard that word, but you know what? We keep on hearing that word. We have ears to hear. We have eyes to see. We have a heart. We want the vision of God that he has for us individually as well as corporately. Amen? Amen. And because of that, listen, we were focused. You know what? Vision brings this into focus. If I was to take a picture of you, guess who I would see? Only the people that I had focused. I had got them in the lens and was able just to see that individual. If I got back far enough, I would be able to see more of you. The reality is, is listen, vision brings focus. When we have vision, vision for the church, for our future, for our loved ones, for our family, for the people that we work alongside with. When we have vision, guess what happens? We get a focus. We're able to see something where God's trying to bring us mission, that important assignment, the thing that keeps us going forward and not giving in and giving up. Amen? Amen. And then so what he's saying here, he says, listen, I'm going to position myself to hear, to see, to understand, and to be able to be a doer of what he wants me to do. Listen, you can't reach your destination without direction. You can't reach your destination without, without direction. Vision is that dream. It's that goal. It's that thing that's been stirring on the inside of you that came from the word. It came from someone that spoke the word to you. And listen, that's what God has for every one of us. To people that have a vision, His people are going to be a people of vision. Amen? Amen. What you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. If you see ugly, you're going to get ugly. If you see me, you see me. You're going to get me. You look at your wife, and all you can see is that she's fussing at you. Then guess what? You're going to start fussing at her. Listen, we are people of vision. What we see is what we get. We need to see God's love. Amen? And listen, our outlook will determine our outcome. How many of you believe that? Our outlook, how we see things, perceive things, how how, how we focus on things, it will determine not only how far we go, but where we go. Amen? Amen? In Psalms... Chapter 95 in verse 1, 2, 3, it says, O come and let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. You know what we were doing when the Lord spoke that to me? He was preparing me to get to a place where I would understand worship, that I would desire worship, that I would embrace worship, that I would love to share a life of worship with others. Psalms 92 not only said that, but Psalms 100 said this, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness, come before His presence with His singing. We get into God's presence. How? By worship. One of the ways that we get into the presence of the Lord is through worship. Amen. We're focusing. We're fulfilling mission. We, we had about 25 of our staff and our elders, and when we were worshiping together for about an hour and a half, on our face many times, on our knees other times, sitting back and just soaking it in from others. Then one would get up and and have a word. One would get up and just lay hands upon the shoulders of another. You know what would happen? The presence of God was just filling the room. And where was it coming from? It wasn't coming from up there, but it was coming from people with vision. It was coming with people with a mission. It was coming with people that have a culture. And that culture was to worship God and to love people. I love the scriptures it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, God set ambushes against the enemy. You know, when we worship the Lord and get our focus on the worship, not distracted, not divided, the devil, he wants to distract you because that's when he's going to divide you. But as long as we can stay focused, keep the vision, then you know what? Kids can run around us and we can still hear the Lord. We can still, what God, still see what God's got in front of us, still begin to see how important the assignment is that's on the inside of us. Sometimes I think, you know, I'm 73. I need to retire. You know, I, my, but when I do that, Belinda says, "Nope. we just need to go somewhere else and we need to help somebody else and we need to do this and we need to do that. She helps me as I help her and as I help others. Over and over, the scriptures say this. I love this scripture in Jeremiah chapter 33. Remember, we are people of praise. We're God's people. Everybody say that out loud. We're God's people. And God's people, people, by his own written word, he says this by his spirit, that we are a people of praise. Amen? Amen. We are a people of praise, a people of love, a people of joy. Jeremiah 33, verse 11 says this, The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, Praise ye the Lord, for the Lord is good, and his mercy and forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. God said here, I'm going to bring restoration in your life. I'm going to bring restoration in your body. I'm going to bring restoration in your marriage. I'm going to bring restoration. If you'll just give voice to praise, and if you'll just begin to see, you have been called, elected, chosen. He's got an important mission, but you can't do it without praise because you are a people of praise, love, and joy. It's so important that we understand that. Scripture after scripture, the Bible says in Psalms 115, the dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down in the silence, but we will, we will do what? We will bless affectionately and gratefully praise the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's just that simple, just that easy sometimes because of adversity, sometimes because of distraction, sometimes because of whatever, that it just tries to move us out of that people in that place that we need to understand God's chose us for at this time to bring us into where he wants us. And that is to be a people of what? Praise, love, and joy. Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3, he said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Anybody ever been discouraged? Anybody ever been full of anxiety because of the situations and the circumstances that we have in life? All of us have. There's not a person in here has not wanted to throw in the towel, give up, give in, just run away, hide, hide out. But the reality is, listen, he said this, you put on the garment of praise. You be that which I've called you to be. You do what I call you to do. Start giving voice to praise. Put on that worship music. And then the next thing's going to happen. Listen what he says. He said, I will cause that spirit of heaviness to leave you. Thank God for that. Amen. Acts 16, 25. Paul and Silas, they're in the jail. And what do they do? They sing praises unto the Lord. The next thing that happened, God gets them out of the jail, causes them to fulfill their their calling and fulfill their mission for life. What is that? That is what we're talking about. We're talking about vision, mission, and we're talking about the culture. The culture is all about the heart. The culture is all about the soul. When somebody comes to my house and we've spent X amount of dollars getting the landscape and the look really good. You know what? They don't say, look how pretty the soil is. But the reality is, is that the, if the plants are pretty and everything looks lovely, it's because the soil is rich. Yeah. It's because the soil is producing something that is adorable. Amen? Amen. And that's what God's trying to get us to see that if, when we become the people he's called us to be, a people of what? Praise, love, and joy. Isaiah 54, verse 1. He said, Singing drives out barrenness and produces fruitfulness. Sing, O barren, he said, Thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children. Goes on further to say, That lady had more children than the others that could have children. She was barren, she couldn't have children. But what did she do? She gave voice. She said, I'm a child of God. And I'm just going to fulfill God's vision for me. He's got a family for me. And so he, she began to praise him with that, worship him with that. We got one of our pastors. We have five pastors on staff now. One of our pastors is a precious young lady. And she's been wanting a baby for a long time. And so they tried everything they could to give a ba- get a baby, but they just couldn't. So they adopted a baby. When the process of adoption, it takes a long time. But when it was coming towards completion, it, God put it in my heart that, listen, don't just look here, keep looking forward. You've got something else. You've got, you got vision, but you've got to have a mission. You're going to have something that's equally as important as what you've got right now. And what you're fixing to receive is going to be, listen, part of your ministry. And it's so they got the baby. They finished the paperwork. The next week, everybody said the next week. next week. It didn't take forever. It just took a little while. You know, sometimes our, our little while seemed like it takes forever, but the reality, it was just a little while longer. And while we were on in Branson, while we were on this, this trip with our staff and our elders, you know what? She had a, a, a shirt for the ba- for her speaking to all of us that the baby, she's pregnant and that she's fixing to have a baby in a few few months. We had said, I had said to her, I'm her spiritual father. Pastor Paul said, and he's a spiritual father. All of the, the pastors on staff had said, you know what? Look what the Lord's done. Look what the Lord's done. Look what the Lord's done. Over and over and over yeah. and kept saying, you know what? I believe God's going to do something more. God's going to give you your own baby. You've adopted, and this is your baby, Just and you're going to love this baby. You're going to treat this baby just like it's yours, but I've got something even better for you. I'm going to give you something more precious for you. You're going to be able to bear forth a child. And you know what? Now she's going to have another baby. She's going to have a baby. Isn't that powerful? Amen. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to see that no matter where we are in life, we still have reason. We still have purpose. We still have vision. And we can't let that vision go. We need to continue to dream. We need to continue to see and believe and hear. God's saying to us and then be doers of the word. Next thing that happens, God begins to move mightily. In Romans chapter 1, it says, what happens when you refuse to worship? You get prideful. What happens? You get critical. What happens? You get, you get idolatrous. You begin to give your love to someone that doesn't deserve your love. Immorality comes in. We lose our joy. We lose our shine. I remember the Lord spoke to me one time when I was going through a discouragement, through a, through a problem in life. Financial problem in life. I didn't steal money. I didn't, I I had money, I paid my bills, but I was believing God for something better and something bigger. And so when the Lord spoke to me, He said, He said the same thing that this is saying. He said, you've taken your eyes off of the vision. You've taken your ears off of the vision. You've taken that which is culture, that soil on the inside, and now it's become corrupted and perverted. You need to till that soil again. You need to put some fertilizer, put the word, put the worship, put the praise. And then the next thing God began to do is he began to bring the reality and help me get over that problem. That's what God has for every one of us. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 3. It says, put on the garment of praise where there's a spirit of heaviness. Over the years, we've heard that scripture many, many times over. But the reality is that our churches are full of people that are discouraged, that are depressed, that are are very self-destructive. And one of the things we've got to do is we've got to get them to see we are a people collectively. We are a people of what? Praise. And praise helps us to overcome the problems of life. Psalms 147, verse 1, it says, Praise you, Lord, for it's good to sing praises unto God, for it is pleasant and in our praise is calmly. I love that word calmly there. It means this: it means appropriate, suitable, but beautiful in becoming. Your praise is beautiful. It makes you beautiful, makes you becoming. And listen, that's what God wants you to see. When you begin to fulfill his vision that he has for you, that dream that he's got for you, then God begins to do something on the inside that everybody else sees on the outside. Isn't that good? We're a people of love. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. It says, the Pharisees asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What did he say? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength love yourself even as you love others. Love God, love yourself, love others. Love God, love yourself, love others. You know what? That's got to become a vision to you. You got to see that God's love is towards you, but it's working in you for others. And the more that you love them, guess what? The more they'll love you And the more that people want to be around you, they'll want to receive from you. That love's what attracts them. It's that vision that's on the inside of you now that able enables others to see what you see, believe what you believe. That's what we're beginning to do. We're seeing. Last year we had over uh, what was the number of salvations? We had over three hundred commitments at the altar. We we baptized over 65 that year. Why? Because we're a people of what? Praise, a people of love, people of joy. The Bible said, write that vision down. We put it in our we put it in our 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 uh, stuff that you know in our papers, in our I can't think of the word the things that you get when you walk in the door. In most churches, you have them, but we put this always. We put it on the doors. We put it on the walls. We are a people. We want to remind people who they are in Christ. You are a people of praise, love, and joy. Forty years later, we're still doing that same thing. Why? Because that got us to where we are now, and it'll get us to where God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. Now, this scripture says in John chapter three, sixteen: for God so loved what? The world. The, world. the world. Aren't you glad that you're part of the world that he loves? Amen certainly. John thirteen thirty five. it says, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you have love towards one another, we're loving people. You're here tonight because you love your pastors. You love the the saints that's in the chairs next to you. You love the, the saints that will be here on Sunday morning. That's why you're here is because you love. You're fulfilling God's call. You're fulfilling his vision, his mission. And listen, that we got to see that family and friends are the most important thing in life. Family and friends are forever. And God wants us to be a people of what? Praise, love. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, he says, you want to see the love of God? Hereby perceive we the love of God because we laid down our life for us. And he also laid down our, his, our lives for the brethren. He laid down his life for us. In other words, that we need to be sacrificial in the sense that that we care one for another even more than we do ourselves, but never forget that he wants you to love yourself as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then we're a people of joy. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. Everybody say it out loud. The joy of the Lord is my Strength. strength. It's so important that remember that, believe that. God wrote that. I didn't write that. You didn't write that. God wrote that. God's still saying that. It's part of our vision, mission. It's part of our culture. God loves us, and the joy of the Lord is on the inside of us, and it's causing us to be a joyful people. Weeping, Psalms 30, 30, verse 5, it says, Weeping and deer for a night, what's the rest of it? Joy, but joy, joy comes when? In the morning. morning. We're going to get up in the morning, and guess what's going to happen? We might have hurt and had a little pain here and there, and we may still have it in the morning, but there's going to be joy. We've got to up another day. Amen. Amen? Over and over and over, the Scriptures say the same thing, is that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. He says, the kingdom of God's not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yes. We had an altar of teenagers at the altar, giving their lives to the Lord. The last two nights we've had we've had an open house for our new campus in Stonewall. And so the place was packed out. The, the students were at the altar, and many of them giving their lives to the Lord, but many were there because they wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says here. It says, the kingdom of God's not me to drink, it's not doing this or doing that. But it is this. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, faith, gentleness, meekness, temperance, goodness. John fifteen eleven says, These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be what? Full and overflowing. See, that's vision. We have to see that. You know, people, they, they love to get around us because we love to get around people, but there's something else. We love people, but we love joy. We fight you for joy. We'll fight you for laughter. That's a big part of who we are. It's a big part of what we do. We love to go to the movies. We, you know, we did it as teenagers together, but we still do it now in, in, in the latter part of our years. But we love to go to movies, and we were at the movie not long ago, and we brought our grandchildren with us. And, and so uh, as, as we were all eating our popcorn and drinking Cokes and having a good time, we started laughing. And next thing you know, my kid, grandkids was laughing. And then the people that was up two or three tiers above us, they started see, looking at us, and, and they started laughing at us And then the next thing you know, they came down from two or three tiers above us to sit right behind us, and they patted us on the shoulder and said, we just kept hearing your laughter, and it was contagious. We want a part of that. And so then they stayed right there until the end of the show. We all walked out together, and then this dad and this mom, and they were actually from Logansport, and this dad and this mom said, listen, Our our granddaughter lives with us. Our daughter don't want to have nothing to do with us. They lost vision. They lost the reason for their mission. They lost the culture that God wants them to have, that enables them, empowers them to help even those that they love. And you know what? We had prayer right there. Other people were coming out. Guess what? Other people just stopped, and they just... Until we said amen, when we said amen, there were several amens that was around us. It was full of joy. It was full of laughter. But it was what attracted that, you know, that couple to be able to have some relief, some peace, some joy back in their own life. Amen. How many of you want that? Amen. I do. I want, I, want, I want to leave it. I want to give it. And I want, to, I want God to give it back to me over and over and over. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, verse 3, God's appointed to them that mourn in Zion. Zion is the place of his habitation. You wouldn't think there would be mourning in the place of God's habitation. But it says this. He says, God is appointed to them that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes and the all of joy for mourning. The garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Hallelujah. I Amen. want to laugh, and I want to I want to enjoy life to the full till it overflows. Listen, for this the, the sole reason is listen not just for my entertainment, but for the Lord's glory, for the Lord's honor, Amen. and the Lord's praise. Amen. Amen. Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17 says, although the fig tree shall blossom, neither shall fruit uh, be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall waste. And there will be no meat, no flocks. And he says, but you know what? If I give voice to praise, God will be there in the presence of the Lord to be there. And my joy will be restored and filled. My cup will be filled over. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, it says, a merry heart doeth good, say it like me. A merry heart doeth good like what? Medicine. Like medicine. Joy, is will, will, listen, it'll make you feel better. Yeah. Can I have an amen? amen? Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul said, I'm between the, a rock and a hard place, having the desire to go, but yet to be with Christ, which is far, far better. And he said, I'll stay for the furtherance of the joy of the faith. Think about that. I'm, if I'm going to be here and I'm going to have pain in this body, I'm going to have joy on the outside of this body. I'm going to have reason to jump and shout and maybe not jump, but shout. There you go. Amen. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15 says, When a man's gloomy, everything seems to be wrong. But when he's cheerful, everything seems to go right. I want to be that sort of person, don't you? Yes. Remember what it said in the beginning. Habakkuk said, God's people will be a people of praise, love, and joy. We're God's people, every one of us. I've read several scriptures. Why? Man, we're building a foundation. We're saying, you know what? It wasn't get God said it over here and it, we forgot it and it, it doesn't mean anything anymore. No, from From the Genesis to Revelations, God continues to communicate that we are a people of praise, love, and joy, that we have a vision. We are dreamers. We can can begin to think the best best things that can happen for us and for our loved ones and for our church family, for our church. We look at this building. Man, listen, think about where it was. Think about where it is. Think about where it's going to be. That God's got great things ahead. John chapter 4, verse 2. The hour cometh when now and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God's looking for people to worship him. God's looking for people that hold on to vision, that hold on to joy, that hold on to being the person of praise and worship. Amen? I'm, I'm going to close right here. But the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen generation. God's chose you. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We're a little bit odd sometimes, but that's okay. It says, but listen, we're a people of vision. Amen. We're people that have culture, deep roots. We're people that have mission, and it's very important. It says, but God... He says, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God's chose us. We're the elect of God. It's God's plan. It's God's purpose. It's God's vision. It's God's mission. And it's God's culture. I want God's love. I don't want to just try to make this happen. I want the love of God to permeate me, for me, through me, to others. Amen? And yet I want to see joy. I want to see the joy that's on her. She has the best laughter, and you can identify Belinda anywhere she is by her laughter. When I hear that, you know what? That makes me want to hear that same kind of report that, man, I love your laughter. I love your smile. I love those hugs and kisses. I I really appreciate what you are and what you do. And I don't stop now. We need you. Can I have a good amen? Amen. No matter where we are, no matter in life, no matter what age it is, no matter what our physical abilities are, that we are a people of praise, love, and joy, called by the Lord, chosen by the Lord, appointed and anointed for the purpose of God. Amen? For his glory. And for his honor. Bow your heads just for a
0: moment. I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times on our website at WOFTX.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.